Do you remember the day you realized you were in an abusive relationship? I call that moment the Great Awakening. You might have seen some red flags before your Great Awakening that got explained away as a fluke, bad day, or them being the way they are. But when you truly wake up, there ain't no justification that can put you back asleep. Not like before. I have had many awakenings, but I can vividly remember my great awakening. The first one. The most painful part is that more great awakenings have come my way since. Because once the blindfolds really come off, there is no unseeing it. It became intolerable to interact with the most abusive people in my life. Today, I want to talk about the moment I began waking up from being habituated to abusive relationships. How did I wake up to begin with? And what I did after I realized what was really happening around me. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support to anyone diagnosed with CPTSD who thinks they might have it or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional. And this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists, other mental or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health care provider. Any individuals and resources mentioned in this episode are not sponsoring Hello Trauma Brain. This episode references trauma, abuse, and suicidal ideation, and listener discretion is advised. Remember, you can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, dear survivors, and welcome to this episode of Hello, Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me. The fall season is officially here, and I love the fall. The pumpkin spice, the leaves changing colors, the colder temperature, not too cold, not too hot. (laughs) It's almost like the perfect place. I also like the outfits, and the bugs start to go away, I guess to hibernate. (laughs) However, I did learn last year that fall is prime narcissistic abuse season. Way to get in the way of my favorite season, huh? And this year, the narcissistic abuse started right on the dot. The grief from this past weekend was real and it still is. I also want to thank anyone who reached out after last week's episode. Guess it's a check-in. I'm still quite inside of the haze and still feeling very confused and very depleted as well. Today, I would like to talk about my great awakening and how I got started in my healing journey. Brace yourselves because this is going to sound straight out of a video where Dr. Ramani reads and reacts to one of those Am I the Asshole Reddit thread posts. What I would give for her take on this one though. A long time ago, 
in a lifetime far, far away. I remember it was a Tuesday in the middle of the summer. I had scheduled a therapy session and I was in full-blown crisis mode. I had barely made it through that weekend of hell. But first, let's back up to what led to that Tuesday. I had been invited to a gathering. Some of the people going I was not comfortable with given their attitude towards certain requirements that were in place at the time for public health. But the gathering was to celebrate people I cared about, so I was conflicted between wanting to be there for them and whether it was worth putting my health and life at risk. In the weeks preceding this event, I had expressed to the person I was with that I was not comfortable going unless some measures were taking place. This person reassured me several times that they would handle talking to everyone ahead of time. I kept asking if that conversation had happened yet and noticed this person was getting very annoyed at my micromanaging and at one point I just trusted that they would handle it and kind of let it go. I remember that there was a call to discuss the itinerary for that weekend and there were uh, discussions of splitting the groups at one time and the group that I was going to be placed with was going to be doing A, B, and C and I was not comfortable with some of the activities there. And I remember having a panic attack the moment that conversation ended. Now, I went to the person that I was with and I expressed to them, hey, I'm not comfortable doing these things on the itinerary when we split up. And I remember being told, what are you talking about? Nobody said that they were going to do that. And I know what I heard. I know that <laughs> I know the activity that I was not comfortable with was definitely um, part of the itinerary. And I guess I wasn't completely gone because I, I, I do remember pushing back on, on being gaslit about quote-unquote mishearing the itinerary. I was doing my sessions with my therapist and uh, pretty much the sessions preceding this event were pretty much about me freaking out about going to this thing. And at one point, I want to say it was the, the session before this thing, my therapist said or suggested that I either didn't go at all or just uh, go for a day, just not overnight. And I remember sitting with that suggestion and where I landed was going just for the day, not doing the whole uh, few days in a row, you know, everybody just gathering for, for, for an extended period of time. I was like, okay, I still want to celebrate these people. So I will go on the day that they're getting celebrated and skip the rest. So I messaged everyone about my decision to only go for the one day. I got a call within hours of my message from one of these people and I remember the conversation went along the lines of please you need to be there it's not going to be the same without you I want you to know that we take these health precautions very seriously so saying no is something I was not comfortable doing back then heck I'm not fully comfortable with it now but especially back then saying no like that just I, I couldn't do it so I said okay fine I'll go And I caved in and it was a hassle because I I agreed to go and I, because I had not packed, because that was not part of the plan, I basically had to pack at the very last minute, which was... It's a very frantic thing when when you have CPTSD to just (laughs) have like barely any time to throw things on a bag. 
but I did it. The ride there was a nightmare, and I don't have the bandwidth to talk about that cart ride today. But when I got there, the health precautions were nowhere to be found. I did what I was conditioned to do back then, which was stay quiet, don't make a fuss, and I isolated. I went upstairs, and I did not come out of the room. Next day came around, and people were splitting up, and the person I was with took off to do their part of the itinerary. I could not come out of the room, though. I was terrified, and I could not stop crying. I cried for hours staring out the window and I remember seeing so many clouds go by. I started playing this game of seeing what shapes I could recognize and something I noticed as I was doing that was that all the shapes would eventually split into parts as the wind kept dragging the clouds to the other side of the sky. The parts would become so separate from the quote-unquote original shape to the point the shape would vanish like it was never there. And that mirrored what had happened to me in that relationship. I had split into so many parts that I could no longer recognize myself in the mirror. I could not name why I was so upset back then as it was happening. Looking back, I felt unsafe unheard and abandoned person I was with came back hours later and I remember when they came inside the room the first thing they said was so now you're not coming downstairs did not matter I was crying and that I was scared they just left me there again there are a few things that hurt more than someone's content around three o'clock I knew I had to make a choice. I couldn't stay in that room any longer. And I realized no one was coming to save me. This was on me. So I decided to leave. Tried to leave quietly, but I was confronted outside about leaving. And that is when I lost my cool. (laughs) And I had an argument in front of everyone. And then I took off. I got calls to go back. And... The next day, when I asked if the precautions would take place before I could come back, I was told that was not going to happen. So I messaged the people involved to let them know that I was not returning, wishing them well on their day, and asked in so many words for them to reconsider their reckless behavior for the sake of their health and safety. Well, it turns out, the conversation I was told had happened between the people involved about the precautions that I was asking for, apparently that never happened. So people were confused as to why I sent that message because they had not refused to engage in doing any of the health precautions. They didn't even know I had asked for them. I will say that I lost my shit (laughs) and cursed at the person that lied to me after finding this out. And if there is anything I could take back from that weekend, it would be that I should have not talked to this person in that way. See, I don't get a pass on being verbally abusive either. The fact that I had been gaslit didn't excuse my behavior. And that was about one of the things I did do that I I consider um, inappropriate on my part. 
back to these people. Instead of focusing on why I was lied to and deceived to get me to go to this thing, I was shamed for getting upset and for messaging everyone, calling them reckless. Reckless. The word these people would focus on. As I was told that I would have to apologize to everyone for sending that message in order to be allowed back in. I was told my message had put a dark cloud over their special day. You see, at that time, I was notoriously known for apologizing for existing. Saying sorry was not something I found hard to do. If anything, I overdid it. When you hyper-apologize, saying I am sorry is like a reflex. Something did not feel right about me being the one apologizing for that message. What about the people who lied to me to get me to show up? Why did I need to apologize for caring about others' health and safety? I couldn't wrap my head around it. But the shame had been injected in my psyche and was taking over like a wildfire. That weekend, I texted the National Mental Health Hotline twice. Those were the first and only times I've ever texted the hotline. I have struggled with suicidal ideation for years, and usually someone is there, but that time, I was all alone. That weekend, the text hotline and a show called The Good Place saved my life. I decided to wait until that therapy session on that Tuesday. I was sure that once I told my therapist the whole ordeal bit by bit, she would help me see my fault in this and explain the horrible thing I had done and how I needed to apologize to these people immediately. Back then, the narrative was, there is something wrong with Risa. And I thought a professional would help me find out what was wrong with me. Why didn't I want to apologize for this quote-unquote horrible thing? It took me around 45 minutes out of my one-hour session that I told my therapist everything, including how I yelled, screamed, and how I cursed at the one person. I read the message I sent word by word. When I was finally done retelling the horrors of that weekend as I still sobbed, I became quiet and I braced myself as I waited for her to talk sense into me. I could tell she wasn't sure as to whether that was the end of my story. And I will never forget what she said next. Raisa, I'm still waiting on the part where you tell me what you did wrong. Whoa, what? I was confused. Had I forgotten to mention the message? Did I not say I yelled and cursed? But I had. In episode 4 called Gaslight, a movie illustration, I talked about gaslighting and the importance of having someone point reality to kick the victim out of the gaslighting spell. I invite you to listen to that episode to learn more. Now, this therapist and that statement is what woke me up from a lifelong spell. Finally, it made sense why a part of me was set on not apologizing. It wasn't that I was being stubborn and horrible. 
it was that I knew deep down I did not need to apologize. I was gaslit into believing I did. The person who lied to me and gaslit me, they should have been apologizing to me. Spoiler alert. They didn't really apologize to me. Not genuinely. And I don't think they ever will. The thing about waking up is that once I saw it, every time this person tried to get into an argument with me, I found it intolerable. Within a week, the relationship was over. What happened next? (laughs) I could talk about the little details for many episodes, but today I want to focus on how I started navigating the realization of being in a toxic relationship. I did not have the language then, did not have a guide with tools, but I intuitively started disengaging. I started to focus on what I could control, and though there were many things happening out of my control, I kept my eye on the goal, which was getting out. I was doing yoga, thank goodness for Yoga by Adrian's YouTube channel, meditation, Thank you to the Wake Up Wine On podcast that was airing at that time. Walking in nature, looking for a new home. Little things to reconnect with the Risa that had disappeared during that relationship. Just like those clouds I saw in the sky. I found a new group of people I could talk to online and I found support there. Then one day, I was listening to an episode of the podcast, Where Is My Mind?, where the host, Niall Breslin, explores how to better look after our heads and our hearts in what he calls the head-melty chaos of the modern world. The podcast has a therapy room series where they bring mental health practitioners and they talk about things they are seeing in the therapy room with their patients. On August 9th, 2021, episode number 66 called The Narcissist Nightmare was released and it blew my mind open. In the episode, Dr. Tony Bates and psychologist Louise Carroll talked about the destructive effects a narcissist can have on a person's sense of self, the foundations and explanations of why they are that way, and what you can do if you are in a relationship with one. I do remember thinking, that they were capturing a lot of the dynamics I had experienced in the past so many times with so many people. I don't think I did a lot of research right away. I think a part of me thought, well, I am out of the relationship, I guess, so it's over. But oh no, I was very well still in relation with so many toxic people. I did re-listen to that episode in preparation for this podcast And it was very eye-opening to hear it now from the lens of knowing everything I have learned so far. They even referenced Dr. Ramani, which I completely glossed over back then. I wouldn't discover Dr. Ramani's channel for a few more months after that episode was released. In fact, I subscribed to Dr. Ramani's YouTube channel on April 15th of 2022. And that channel has changed my life ever since. Now, what am I doing to heal. Psychoeducation is a powerful tool. Knowledge is power and yet not enough to change the patterns fully. 
I think learning about narcissism, toxic relationships, and healthy relationships is one of the very first steps in many that need to be taken in this journey. I have found that having a community that can serve as a sounding board is also crucial, especially at the beginning. Learning what these patterns look like can help lift a lot of the shame and guilt survivors are often carrying on our shoulders. There are more tools I have found since, but those were the initial tools that began giving me clarity. Also, what led to realizing that there is nothing wrong with me. I don't go about my days cursing and yelling at people. I am very kind and sweet. And when I am not in a state of chronic stress and getting abused or feeling in danger, I am joyful to be around. (laughs) We deserve to navigate our world without psychological blindfolds on. We have a right to have our psychological eyes wide open. In this week's healing invitation, I want to offer you a few things to reflect about. Have you had a great awakening? A moment you vividly remember waking up and seeing things with a new lens. How was that experience? Since, have you gathered tools to help you navigate that painful realization? If so, please share what has been working for you. If not, is it time to start gathering those tools? You don't have to be alone. You are allowed to ask for help. And you are allowed to learn. Please let me know how this week's healing invitation goes if you choose to accept it. Before we wrap up this episode... All music and production is courtesy of yours truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram. Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. I wish you the best as you navigate your own great awakening. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I deserve to heal. I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening.